welcome to Tail Lights, the podcast for the automotive professional. I'm Mike Plummer. This is the first in a series of training podcasts made possible by COVID-19 and social distancing. Congratulations on being a part of the most exciting business there is. The business has changed constantly since I had my desk on the showroom floor in the 1980s. You know, before cell phones and the internet fad, technology has helped us do business in the midst of a pandemic. The same technology that uh, many people would say made people like us obsolete is making us more vital and more productive than ever. Preparing for this podcast, I googled how to buy a car. I got 101900000000 results in 4.6 seconds. That's a big number. I wasn't sure what that number was, so I googled it. Turns out it is 10,190,000,000 results in 4.6 seconds again. There was a little over 300 million people in the United States. We hear numbers tossed around a lot, but how much is a billion? Well, a billion seconds ago, it was 1959. A billion minutes ago, Jesus was alive. A billion hours ago, our ancestors were cavemen. And a billion days ago, no one on the earth walked on two feet. Do people know how to buy a car? The rapid availability of information has been wonderful for customers and salespeople alike, but it can also lead to a paralysis by analysis, if you will. Customers get confused. They're not sure what they're figuring or how they're reading information. Um, they need people like us to make it all make sense to them. The benefit to the salesperson or the dealership is the fact that the customers that we're talking to are definitely a lot further down the sales funnel. Because of the available information, the customer is able to do a little research, do a lot of research, find out what uh, is important to them, narrow it down to a few specific models and brands, um, we see all the time a customer comes in and says, hey, I want to drive stock number 21783, a red car with a black interior. You have it. We don't even know we have it, but the customer does. They come in looking for that. So that's helpful for us in that uh, we've enjoyed a lot higher closing ratios than before. Again, people are further down that funnel where they've gone from a rough idea of buying a car to the type of car that they're looking for, narrowed it down two doors, four doors, all-wheel drive, etc., and then get down to a couple of models and then go in to see the dealership to, to see what it's all about. Uh, but it also can make our job a little bit harder. Uh, if the customers are a little clearer on what they're looking for, they know what it is, they have some information, mightn't they be a little less patient um, if we don't know what we're talking about, a recent study done by driving sales says 99% of customers start shopping expecting a hassle. 99%. That's like how many people go to the dentist expecting to have an unpleasant experience. Fact that 
people are expecting a hassle or they're not expecting a lot from us is really a benefit as it's not too hard to impress them. Uh, Of that same study, 56% of customers said they would buy a new car more often if the process wasn't so difficult. Think about that. Over half of our customers would buy more cars if we treated them better, if our process involved them. We need to get our customers involved in the process and work with them instead of doing it to them. Only 15% of customers said they expected to be satisfied with the car buying experience. 15%. That means 85% of the customers think they're not going to be satisfied. Here's an interesting one. 61% of customers physically visited the dealership without contacting them first. That's a number that's changed a lot in the last few years. And the reason for that is they're wise to our tricks. Uh, what I mean by that is nowadays everybody goes on and they do uh, they go on the Internet. Now, the problem is to get a price or to get any kind of information, what do you have to do? You have to fill out a form. You have to put your name, your phone number, et cetera. And then the customers think, oh, my gosh, now – of them think that uh, we're going to call them and bug them and give them a hard time. So what they do is they do their research, they do their information, but they don't fill out our forms anymore. They don't call. They just come in. The same driving sales study says 18% of customers emailed or submitted a form online, and only 14% of customers called on the phone, again showing that they think they don't really need us or they try to avoid interaction until the last possible moment. So who are these customers that are avoiding us to the last possible moment before they come in and buy a car? I find it helpful to break them down into two groups and maybe you will too and it might help you understand how best to work with each group. First of all, we have the group of customers that have purchased cars before. If any of you have worked in traditional environments or been in the business a long time, you know, we used to not be very friendly to our guests. They used to have a hard process. They used to really, for lack of a better word, put the squeeze on our customers. And that was, again, because of the exchange of information. Customer had to come to the dealership to get the information about the car. And our job was not to, to, to not let them leave, um, to go to another dealership whose job was also not to let them leave. So because of that uh, secrecy of information or the withholding of information, the customer really uh, had a bad experience. You know, they would uh, be misled or the information they were given wasn't correct or true as the salespeople weren't very um, – Customer-focused, they didn't necessarily have a great knowledge of the products, etc. They were good salespeople. They would uh, close them. They could sell some cars. Um, But the experience for the customer was definitely not uh, a priority. The second group of customers that we deal with are customers that haven't purchased cars. These tend to be younger people who really don't know how to purchase a car. They're not familiar with the ins and outs of the models. They don't necessarily know how they can get the money to purchase it. And they will actually welcome somebody that shows them how to do it. 
Uh, whatever process that you use, you should definitely focus in on the customers and explain it to them. Uh, now that we have a breakdown of the two types of customers, how would you handle each? You know, when ne next time you see a gentleman on the lot that uh, maybe has a little gray in his hair and is driving a older car and clearly has had cars before and things like that, and if they're less than glad to see you, you have to understand that perhaps his last purchase or the purchase before that wasn't very pleasant. The job that you have with that guest is to convince them that you're different, why you're different, and you know why he should purchase from you. Whereas that new guest, that new purchaser, uh, they're going to welcome advice that you can give them. They would like to have a process laid out to know what to expect so they can th see how things will progress through the sale. Make sure your sales process includes that. Give them a timeline. Uh, you know, it can be very simple. Hey, first we're going to take a look. I want to spend a couple minutes with you to find out what uh, what's important to you in a car. Then we're going to select one that you uh, can test drive. And when you return from the test drive, if you like the car and only if it, we can discuss the financing. You know, lead, lead them through. So as they progress through the sale, it seems like a natural progression and they feel at ease. Both inexperienced and experienced buyers would appreciate this approach. You just may have to work a little harder with the more experienced buyers to convince them that this is not just some new thing you came up with as a new plan to separate them from their money. Um, you know, currently 35% of sales are to millennials. That's up from 27% in 2014. The millennials are the young buyers are taking over the demographic. Uh, as, as people get older, you know, the young people also get older. They get jobs, they stay at families, and they start to become more of a vibrant purchasing group. 47% um, of younger buyers buying volume models. A volume model would be a Chevy, Toyota, Ford, Honda, that type of thing. 47% of those young buyers buying those models view dealerships as extremely or very trustworthy versus only 33% of the experienced customers. So 47% think that the dealerships are helpful and 33% do not. 51% of younger buyers buying luxury models, that would be your Mercedes, BMW, that type of thing, view dealerships as extremely and very trustworthy versus 57% of older buyers. It's interesting how it flips the script a little bit um, with the older buyers, the more experienced buyers uh, buying a high line tend to be a little more confident. Uh, perhaps they are more in tune to what they're looking for. Clearly, uh, the financing and those types of things may not be as important to them, and they uh, have the wherewithal to control the experience, therefore guaranteeing that they're going to have a better time. Well, finding the right vehicle at the right price is important to everyone. Our study shows that most younger buyers want a positive customer experience at the dealership and are willing to pay a little more to get it. Dealerships should not overlook the importance of pricing their inventory competitively. Most younger buyers aren't looking for rock-bottom prices above everything else. Younger customers want a better experience. So what does it all mean? How, how do we sell everybody every time? I mean, we're probably not going to do that. 
But if we give our customers an experience they deserve, if we treat them right, if we are upfront and honest with them, if we give them real answers to their questions and involve them in more than, again, just doing a process to them, but if we involve them in the process and make them see the value in doing business with us and our dealership, the rest of it will be very easy. As I mentioned in the opener, Taillights is a podcast for the automotive professional, and we welcome any feedback or questions you may have or topics you'd like us to discuss in future podcasts. You can email us at moretaillights at gmail.com. I know what you're thinking. Great news. We've only got two kinds of customers, ones that uh, love us and ones that hate us. If I uh, just talk to the ones that love us, I'm going to sell half my customers. Well, unfortunately, it's not that easy. There's a lot that goes into the process, as you know. There's a lot of different things that affect the decision, and that's why we have training. That's why we review these things, and we've got a lot to go over in future podcasts and the rest of this one. One of the things I do is I often conduct training classes in person. Again, something that's made a little bit difficult with the current situation. That's why we find ourselves here. One of the things we do in class is I put up a board on the wall, and um, I ask for new things that uh, customers have said or different types of customers or uh, different additions to what I call the 100% of auto sales. Well, that is, is that something that we haven't heard before or something that people never say uh, so that we have to think about what we're going to say when they say it? Um, well, I'll give you an example. One of the 100% of auto sales is that customer says 100% of the time that they want a lower price. Does that mean that they won't buy a car? Not really. That's a reflex. Uh, people that want a lower price may say things like, oof, that's a lot of money. Ugh, is that the best you can do? They're just trying you on. It's their job. Um, and the better we do at uh, delivering our process, we can avoid those things. What happens is, is our process, as we go through and we educate the customers to how we sell cars and um, – why we do it the way we do it, uh, it makes it very hard for them to ask for a discount. Uh, when they do, we will be able to explain to them why we can't do that. Um, pretty soon, they'll stop asking. 100% of customers also ask for more money for their trade. Oh, that's not enough. Oh, I need more money. Oh, is that the best you can do? Again, very similar to the Reflex objections to price. 100% of used car customers are worried about buying someone else's problems. Fact. That's why some people only buy a new car. That's why we have uh, things in place to allay those fears of the used car customer. We're going to go over that. 72% of 100% of our customers are on the wrong car meaning only 38% of them buy the car they came in on. That's an interesting statistic, um, and I find it to be true. Customers come in all the time, or they call asking about a specific car only after we 
do our due diligence and review the customer's needs, budget, etc., we find out that that is the wrong car. We're going to have a whole session just on that because if only 38% of them buy the car they came in on, if somebody calls you or sends an email request looking for a specific car, uh, that what we call the do-you-have-it customer, does it really matter if we have that car or not? Almost three-quarters of the time, they're looking for the wrong car. 100% of customers you fail to schedule delivery with at the time of write-up will cancel. We have a saying in the dealership that's uh, fish, family, and car deals all go bad after three days. If you don't have a firm delivery date written in some type of book or logged on your computer, however you do it with your guests to let them know that they have an appointment, that's just a suggestion. The reason why it's so important is if they talk to their Uncle Lou or somebody follows up from another dealership, if they don't have an appointment to pick up the car Tuesday at 7, they just kind of have a deposit on a car. 100% of new or used car customers compare other makes and models. That's pretty self-explanatory, but if the customer is in your showroom, they've probably already determined that the car that you're selling, whatever model that is, is a car that's on their short list. They can narrow it down again because of the free flow of information. They can find out everything they want about every car in the country. Many do. If they're at your store, they've determined that your car is on the short list and they're ready to buy it. 100% of customers will not buy if you don't ask them to. Avoid phrases like, how's that sound? What do you think? If you ask somebody how that price sounds, they're going to say, oh, that's a lot of money. 100% of customers do not want to feel guilty if they do not buy from you. Hmm, maybe that's why they don't want to go on test drives. Maybe that's why they're hesitant to spend much time with you going over the makes and models. 100% of lease customers should pay more to release a new model at the end of their old lease. Cars have changed more in the last three or four years than probably the 15 years before that. Models are now self-driving, self-stopping. They have more equipment and technology than a jet fighter did a few years ago. That car can't cost the same as the car that doesn't have all those things. Yet every day... We get salespeople coming to the desk, oh, boss, he'll take the new car for exactly the same price as his last one. All we've got to do is give it to him. Besides big screen TVs, there is nothing that costs the same or less three years later. 100% of customers have visited our or a website before visiting the dealership. Guaranteed, we don't really need to talk too much about that. 100% of customers who visit our showroom want a new, to them, car. That's why they're there. 100% of customers have something better to do than jerk you around at the dealership. 
I know it's hard to believe sometimes, but everybody's busy. Nobody's going to just says, hey, let me go uh, fool around with Bill down at the dealership. They're at your dealership because they want to buy a car that you have. 100% of the customers don't really believe anything you're telling them. That's why it's so important that we have a process in place to document and prove everything we're telling the guest so that they do feel at ease and they do believe you. 100% of current lease customers that come into your showroom will have a new car before their next lease payment is due. Fact. If it's not your car, it's going to be somebody else's. Again, we'll go over that. But just understand, if somebody's sniffing around looking for a car, they will have one before their next payment is due. 100% of customers will ask you for your best price. Then when you give it to them, they'll ask you if that's the best you can do. Again, pricing, that's a lot of money. Ugh, is that the best you can do? It's an automatic conditioned response. Don't let it shake you. But then you would have to say, yes, of course, that is the best you can do. 100% of customers think we all high-five when we sell a car today. This is an interesting one, right? That's why some customers are hesitant to set a firm delivery date. That's why some customers show up late or come in early. It's just that they don't understand uh, the volume that we do at today's dealerships. 100% of customers that are introduced the lease option by a salesperson or manager will say, I don't want to lease. Guaranteed 100%. Again, a topic for a whole nother podcast. 100% of customers can get or have a lower price elsewhere. That goes back to, Ugh, is that the best you can do? ABC Motors said it would be a thousand less. Is that true? Maybe, maybe not. Don't let it derail you. That's something we're going to cover again in a future episode. Here's the most important thing I want you to remember and get out of this list. No matter the situation that your guest is in, we have 100% sold somebody a car that was in that same situation before. Maybe they're out of equity a whole lot. Maybe their credit isn't the greatest. Maybe they're new to the country. Whatever the situation is, we have definitely sold a customer that was in worse shape than them a car before. The difference between a successful interaction with a guest and a non-successful one is you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tail Lights, the podcast for the automotive professional. The fact that you are means you're serious about your craft and becoming better at it. Uh, we will have future episodes to go over the step-by-step -step sales process. We thought it was important today to set the stage a little bit, to give you a little preview of what's to come. Uh, I would like any additions to my 100% list. If you have some things that we didn't talk about in that 100% or maybe you get some new ones, again, you can email me. Mike Plummer at moretaillights at gmail.com. Let me know how you enjoyed the podcast, any tips or topics you want covered. Our next podcast will deal with how to get the sales started, 
the meet and greet with the guest, how to get them on your side, how to get them to listen to you or to let you work your process. All very important things, as they say, you never get a second chance at a first impression. Until then, stay sharp and good selling.